Hello, Steelers Nation. Welcome to another edition of the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. On today's episode of the Blitz, Arthur Motes and I have plenty to yap about. We react to the draft that happened over the weekend. We've also got a familiar face, a friend who is now becoming a foe and joining a division rival. So plenty to get into. we got to discuss Big Al to Baltimore, but we start today with some draft reaction. Here we go. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, indeed. Euler and Motes. A.K.A. Remix, you know it's a Takeover Tuesday, Moat style, baby. So it is actually Moats and Euler for the next two hours from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Shout out to all the people out there in these different time zones. That is what Steel Nation is all about. But for the next two hours, man, we're going to take you inside the Electric Factory where we are going to oh. discuss a ton. It's Electric oh, Factory. Oh, today. we are. Oh, yeah, 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 baby. <laughs> See, he got his Starbucks and he all bougie. I got, I got an extra tall uh, megawatt <laughs> blend on my way into the he, office He's so today. bougie today. That's what he is. But, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, for the next two hours, man, we are going to talk plenty, plenty, plenty about these plenty. new members of your Pittsburgh Steelers. So, with that being said, man, you know we like to have an interactive show. So, the best way to get involved as my ah. colleague is just getting undressed in here. He's yeah, making, I'm taking my shirt off for you. It's a, you, you made it hot in here all of a sudden. Like, Lord. It's, 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 it's such a weird time of year to, like, get dressed. I'm over here trying to, to just get my morning, my, my little intro, and I'm like, I see show just, you some, show I'm you seeing, some skin you know here. what I mean? I saw a little chest here. I'm like, Lord. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's wait where, a minute. That's where the six-pack of abs used to be back in the day. <laughs> I never know, Mozi, right? Because, like, when it's, it's it's seventy some degrees outside right You're now. You're right. So no, no, it's no. like t-shirt and it, shorts. It's weather. not just seventy. It was like seventy, but it looked like the sky was about to fall, like <laughs> monsoon storm as well. It is all over the place, but, man. But you know, like normally when it's warm outside, that means it's cold in here. It's like Correct. a weird it dichotomy. Is. So I wore the hoodie in here today, thinking, yes. but now it's warm in here in the studio too. So yeah, I had to get undressed be, while Moats was doing his lovely intro there. I apologize for flashing you some good, skin bro. and distracting you. It's all good. If it was eighty degrees, I'll side man i would hate it in here it'd be like 30 oh. it, it's the worst yes. like it's brutal in the middle of july moats and <laughs> like i come brutal, dressed in here man. like we're going to antarctica for the weekend <laughs> I, I don't know why the studio has to be cold like this i, I still can't figure it out but it is always burr. <laughs> burr. and shout out to gucci there must man. be some toros in the atmosphere it's that simple but either way ladies and gentlemen with all that being said interactive show hit us up on the twitter.com at the body 52 the body. And at Wesley Euler. The good hair. And my good hair colleague, man, we officially have had the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, what are we going to talk about today? All, I all mean, the there's... speculation is gone. I mean, I'm just, I was so nervous as I was preparing for today's show because I said, man, usually we're, we're talking about who we're going to get. What about this guy? What about that guy? I was mm-hmm. like, but now we know. It's no more what ifs. Like, oh my gosh, like, are is we it, out of content now? Is there anything, Motsi, that has the build up like the NFL draft and is, is over as quickly as the NFL it, draft? It's crazy. I felt because like it's, an it's emotional. It's months and months of hype. Yeah. And it's over like that. It was like an emotional dump for me. Like, one Saturday, 7 p.m. hit, I was like, now, now no, what? Now what? Like, like yeah. no, it's no, it's no tomorrow? Like,. <laughs> Hello? Help me. Now, wait a second. Now we gotta. Uh, now we just sit around and wait till they tell us rookie minicamp like, starts. Like I, I just, I just didn't know what to do. I mean, 
the only benefit for me today was it was the 4th of May, so uh, May the 4th be with Yes, you. we already got a Photoshop from David. Did <laughs> you know, I can't help myself. Of, 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 of you, myself, and Mr. Backo. I will say, though, it looks like I'm Obi-Wan, I think, in this, okay. so, I'll, so I'll take it. All um, right, all right. Wait, yeah. I'm Obi-Wan, looks like Batgo. Wait, no, sorry. I'm Qui-Gon, Jin. Batgo's. No, 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 no. I'm Obi-Wan, Batgo's Anakin. I think you're Mace Windu with the purple lightsaber. Okay, okay. We know how you like the purple. Shout out to those JMU Dukes. Hey, you see, hey, semifinals, baby. We just keep winning and advancing. That's all we're doing, winning and advancing. Oh, Motsi, well, this Steelers draft class. Is going to have to help this team do some winning. Oh, you like that? I see what you <laughs> did there. I see it. <laughs> Let's get right into it, yeah? Absolutely, man. Because you start at the top and just kind of... I felt like that's the only way to do this, man. You're conducting today. It's my day. It's my day. So let so let me rock out. I feel like, man... Tuesday. I feel like we should start with the top guys. Because you know, first off, man, the force is really strong in young Najee Harris. And oh, here we go. When, when I think of just... His lineage. When I think of the different people that have spoken very highly of him, I think of his name. Ah, <sighs> man, it's a lot that goes into that right there. It's there legacy is. right there, baby. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, middle name Jerome. Mm. Jerome Bettis. Last mm-hmm. name Harris. Harris. Franco Harris. Like it was meant to be. I'm just saying, man. So <sighs> him at 24 was intriguing, right? Because obviously you have a couple of things that play into this pick in terms of reactions, in terms of value, right? We know running backs in the first round typically don't have the same value as offensive value. linemen, right? Yeah. But then we also have the conversation of at 24, who was still available, and was he the best player of that bunch? Correct. And then you got the final part, whereas, okay, you took Najee, but did you feel like he was the best back of that bunch? Because obviously we had people that thought Etienne was better, had people that thought that Javante Williams was better as well. So it was a lot that went into it, but – the, the thing that I still concluded when I thought about it, I said, man, I still love the pick because I said, if the biggest difference is him being picked at 24 versus him being picked at 33 being the difference between it being a great pick and a bad pick, right. I can live with that, especially seeing how the board fell. The board fell very favorably for the Steelers. Absolutely. But to think of all three running backs, the big three that we talked about, we were going to go running back early. We wanted a big three. Correct. To and see they were all, all still big there three, at 24. All big three were there at 24, but all of them were gone by pick, 30, by, by pick 34. So when you think about that, and then I also look at, okay, when pick 24 came, if we weren't going to go Najee, and you were still going to go, or if you didn't want to go running back at all, I said, man, Tevin Jenkins to me isn't a better player than Najee Harris. I agree. I think you would get better value you because could argue the O-line. He'll be with the organization right. longer and all that stuff. Yeah, but, but, I, I, was, but I don't I, think he's a better player. I'm with right, you on that. Because outside of just the value from a longevity standpoint, Najee was the best player on the board. And that's if you believe that he was better than Etienne. Now, for me, I thought Etienne was a little bit better. But we're splitting hairs when we're talking about which Correct. one of them I think Correct. is better. Which is exactly why they both went off the board the back way that back. they did. Like, yeah. Quick question for you. Yeah. You think if the Steelers would have gone, you know, Tevin Jenkins or elsewhere, mm-hmm. you think the Jags would have still gone ETN just because of the comfort, the connection with Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, Clemson? I think they would have, but I don't think they would have done it in the first round. I think they would have done it uh, the, at the beginning of the second. They might have waited until they're early. Because that's what they yeah. had, the luxury of them and Miami. I thought either they were going to do it or Miami would do it just because of how quick. Picking and, in the top 40 absolutely. with your second round pick. Yeah. So you was like, you had that luxury. So I, I thought it would have played out like that if we didn't go there. I also thought, okay, maybe if we went JOK, 
because remember uh, Jeremiah Usu Cormor was still on the board yep. then as well. So I was like, man, maybe if we went there, the board falls a little bit different. But ultimately, man, I think it fell very favorable because not only did we get Najee, who we said at the time was the best player on the board, we also got my favorite player in the draft <laughs> in the second round. Oh, man, Mr. Uh, Pat Fry move. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. So you already know. Like, just seeing how that whole dynamic fell out and we didn't have to trade up and give away too many assets because I thought initially that that's what we're going to have to do to get Pat because how – I mean, we talked about this. We said, man, he outside of Cal Pitts, he was the best pure tight end. Yes, yes. Clearly number, clearly number two in this class and the number one guy was – my goodness. But he an, was an outlier. He was right. a freak. <laughs> and, and we said, man, Kyle Pitts was more ATH, right? If he was coming out, you would just label him as an athlete versus he a traditional tight end. He was one of the best in this draft for getting mm-hmm. position rankings. Absolutely. So when I thought of that, I said, man, for us to get Pat at 55, I love that right there, man. Mm-hmm. But I know you were high on him as well, baby. So, I mean, like this thing I wanted to ask you as well, though, right? Mm-hmm. At 55. Them going with Pat versus a guy like Creed Humphrey who was on the board. A lot of people were high on him. What were your initial thoughts when you saw that? So my initial thoughts when I saw that were this is a best player available pick for the Steelers. Mm. That's what I thought when I saw Pat Pat Fryermuth at 55. I, I truly did because, like you said, um, you could argue position and need. Absolutely. And, and it was there. Uh, could have gone Creed Humphrey. Landon Dickerson was gone. But other right. than Landon Dickerson... Could have gone Creed Humphrey, um, with even with their third pick too. Like Quinn Miners was there was the there was the opportunity there for the Steelers to take a guy that was a you know and I'm doing the air quotes thing here a naturally labeled center right. Yes. Um, but I think Motsi that's maybe kind of like one of my big takeaways from this draft when I look at the the snapshot as a whole. Mm. I, I think with with Najee Harris they got better right away. Yes, absolutely. And like we we should I want to talk about that more in a second. I think there's multi layered value that that Najee brings with all the other selections. Motsi, I felt like they were truly best player available selections. That they were additions that are going to absolutely help this organization and this franchise, but maybe not right away in 2021. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. But I think that's why we were so excited about how our draft fell out the way that it did. Because I think so too. For a fact, we have guys that are going to contribute immediately. Yes. We don't, and, and, and low risk guys as well. Like when I think of Caleb Farley, he's a guy that even though you got him at a good spot in the draft, that's high risk. When we go, when we talk about a guy like um, was it Andre uh, Andre Cisco, really good player, but he's coming off an of injury. That's high risk. Right. So seeing that we didn't have to do the high risk gambles either early on in the draft, I really like that because even hearing Pat, as soon as he got drafted, what was the first thing they asked? Well, hey, man, how's the shoulder? We know you had, you know, stopped playing after a couple of games last season. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I'm already healed up. I'm good to go as soon as, you know, we start OTAs or whatever. Like, I'm full, full go. That's what I like to hear yes. right there. I like that. Whereas some of these other teams that – got some same value they're going to be taking a lot more chances on those players than we are yes I agree I think that's well said and then let me so here's kind of what I I, I mentioned multi-layer value for Najee Harris right here's what I mean there's to me like people who and and that was prevalent right Thursday Mm -hmm. night Friday leading up to the draft you just you can't take a running back in the first round value 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 and trust me we we both said the same thing in terms of a value standpoint from from 30,000 feet right Mm -hmm. if you're looking at the just the big picture of the NFL in general and you're just throwing out blanket statements Mm -hmm. yes 90% of the time you'd be correct in saying don't draft a running back in the first round absolutely but But we say the caveat is though 
Yeah, you have to look at every situation. Absolutely. There's every always situation a caveat. Individually. There's always caveats. Mm-hmm. And here's what it is for me, Motsi. That whole va- I was thinking about that a lot on Friday, right? That whole value, value, value. Yeah. Oh, well, what if Najee's gone in five years? What if he's gone in six years when you could have had an offensive lineman for 10? Here's You want to talk value? Here's the value of Najee Harris to me. Three different ways here, Motsi. Okay? Mm-hmm. One... The Pittsburgh Steelers had the worst running game in the National Football League last year. And that, that, that is a, st- a statistical that, right. fact. That's not hyperbolic. <laughs> right, right. That, that is a not, statistical I'm not overreacting. Fact. I'm not being hyperbolic. That is a statistical yes. fact. 32 out of 32. Najee Harris is going to bring value right there off the bat immediately. The second angle that I see Najee bringing value is I think Motsi, and you could tell me if I'm wrong here. You could tell me if I'm just, maybe I'm doing the John Lennon thing and I'm just being a dreamer. <laughs> all right. But I am not the only one. Nothing wrong with John Lennon, man. I think it also forces, when, when you've got a guy with the cachet, with the pedigree, a first-round pick who's won yes. national championships, who was the bell cow at Ala friggin' Bama for three seasons. Roll Tide. It forces Ben Roethlisberger to, to respect that guy, to not check out an audible out of everything to that guy, as if Benny Snell or Anthony McFarlane were standing next to him. I'm not going to lie to you. I am so glad you said that. Is that true? I'm not that, being a John listen, Lennon dreamer listen, with that, right? That's that, a real val- That's that real tangible value to the offense. It is 100% Thank true. You. Thank you. I started to love this draft so much more once I changed my mentality of thinking that, man, Ben is only going to operate one way. Seeing them take a running back in the first round 100% does that. Now it makes it back to how it was when Le'Veon was here. You respected Le'Veon's game. That's why you would see Ben be like, okay, I'm going to give him the ball. I don't mind that. Exactly. I know know this is going to work. Yes. Oh, I also can dump him the ball off in the pass game. I know this is going to work. It was a different level of respect that he had towards him and appreciation to his talents. It's not a knock on James Conner. It's not a knock on Benny Snell. But for whatever reasons it may be, whether it was injuries, whether it was lack of high-end performances consistently, regardless of how we want to slice it, there was a level of, you know, Lack of trust. You can see it. You Just can, go back. Absolutely. And, go back and watch the games. You can see and Ben that, checking out of stuff at the line of scrimmage. And that was way my thing. Often. Where when when people would always put it on Randy Feekner, and I would say it's yes. not on Randy when you have a quarterback like Seven who has full autonomy. Correct. He calls what he wants to call. He yes. can check what he wants to check. Yes. It's not a bad thing, but that's what you get when you are on that level. Brady does it. Mahomes does and, it. And Josh that's, Allen and that's does what it. You like get when you've got a pair of fourth round draft picks yes. standing next to him in the back. Fourth round draft picks who aren't even consistently in the lineup. Think right. about it. It's not they're, like they're, it was always Benny Snow. Sometimes it's Benny. Then it's McFarlane. Then it might be uh, Jalen. Like, you just never knew. So now, when you bring in this first-round talent in terms of Najee Harris, it's a respect factor. It's a, oh, this guy's legit. And he's going to be in the huddle every play. Right. I'm not wasting, because that's the that's the thing that we go through, right? especially when you're very successful players, like how Ben was, right, or currently is. Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself, is me giving the ball to this fourth-round running back a more productive play than me holding the ball and trying to make something happen with my arm. That's what Ben's thinking. And you can't you, you can't you, you fault can't him fault for him. that, honestly. You can't. Now, you could say, like we have pointed out, that they were doing that too much down yes. the stretch. But, but you, you can't, can't fault. You can't fault Ben for having that kind of yeah. in the back of his mind. So now when you have a guy like Najee back there, though, now that changes. That changes everything. Now you're he's like, in the huddle with you he's going to get this right. He's not a tell, right? You uh-huh. can hand him the ball. You can throw him the ball. He... Again, right. was a bell cow at the most prominent listen, college listen. football program he, he, for three he, he's years. He's not an accessory. He's not an appetizer. Exactly. He's an entree. Exactly. When we talk about the committee approach that we were trying to take, those guys were appetizers. 
a guy like Seven, he he, he wants filet mignon. He don't care about that little shrimp cocktail that he's giving out. Mm-hmm. With, with Najee, you got filet. Mm-hmm. You got porterhouse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we got big boys. 100%. Absolutely. And this is what you want right here, man. I think, you know what, you and I were talking about how we, we love working with Matt Williamson before yeah. we went on air here. He made a really astute point in this, like, talking about how you, you, you build a nest, mm-hmm. right, w- w- with your offense. And that nest is... Obviously, always, you're starting five offensive linemen, you're starting tight end, you're quarterback. But for the Steelers, right, mm-hmm. what was that nest last year? Because at times it was Ebron, at times it was Vance McDonald. Yeah. The nest really was just the offensive linemen mm-hmm. and Ben. Because the running back was a carousel, the yes. tight end was changing around. And I even mean, the wide receiver, even, other than Juju. Say, like, you could put right. Juju in that nest, but Juju's other than Juju. Yeah, because so you saw sometimes where Claypool was the feature. Sometimes when Deontay was the feature. Sometimes when Washington, Washington was the feature. Sometimes when Deontay got benched. So, so, so <laughs> hey. Williamson's point, too, and I think it kind of plays in nicely to what you were saying, you add Najee Harris to that nest. Mm-hmm. You've got your offensive lineman. You've got Ben. You've got Juju. You add Najee to that. He is a guy that is rarely going to come off the field. You know that he's going to be out mm-hmm. there. He's going to take 95% of the snaps. Yes. That to me has real value modes, and, 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 and the last kind of angle of this, right, is I do my preaching from the pulpit here. I for love you. when you preach, man. The third uh, piece of value that Najee Harris brings to me, for all of you that are like, "Oh, bad value, bad value," I, this is I'm, I'm laying this out for you. The third and final way, Motsi, is I think we all assume. You know what they say happens? Assume you ben, get the right answer. Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, teeing off on the 18th green of his career. Yeah. But let's even say, Motsi, let's let's do complete hypothetical. Let's say Ben plays one more year. Okay. Let's I say he's he plays, playing three more. Let's say he plays in 2022 as well. Don't you think when that time comes, whether it's after this season or after 2022, when that time comes to replace a two-time Super Bowl champion, mm-hmm. a guy who's going off to Canton, if you're that quarterback who has to step in under center for the Pittsburgh Steelers after Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. isn't there value to having Najee Harris standing in the backfield next to you? 100%. Even if it's only for two or three years, Motsi, that's real tangible value. That's Marshawn Lynch with Russell Wilson. Yep. That's Ezekiel Elliott with Dak Prescott. That's Todd Gurley with Jared Goff. That's real value. 100%. 100%. And the thing that I also enjoy is this, man. The way the offensive line is currently structured, it's even built to run the ball like that. It's built to have a guy like Najee being able to run behind road graders. You could question Zach Banner's pass protection, and we're going to get a chance to see that in a larger scale. But his run blocking, he can do that. Mm-hmm. He has the size for that. He has the drive for that. You talk about DeCastro, we know what Dotson does. Yeah, Dotson, right? We, 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 we know like, what he does. We want to see him does. pass block a little bit, but we know that we he can know what great. he does. <laughs> and then Chooks is another guy. We know that's an upgrade in terms of the run blocking element over out yes, at left correct, tackle. Correct. So either way, these guys are built for that part of it. So if you talk about switching out, okay, we're going from, you know, Ben being the quarterback to now, he's gone and whoever else is coming in. Well, you still have that element of it. And a guy like Najee is going to be able to fully take advantage of that, man. 100%. And Adam makes a great point here on Twitter as well. He said, you can simply squash the value argument with this. When you consistently pick in the mid-20s, rarely do you get a Najee Harris to fall to you. Mm-hmm. Draft played out perfect for us. That's the value. Oh, no no question. I agree. Yeah. How, how many times, Motsi, let's just say in the last... Five years, okay? Mm-hmm. Sample size, five years. Have we truly been able to say, yeah, the Steelers got the best player at that position? Now, we say it now right. about T.J. Watt in but hindsight. But that wasn't the case but then. But at the time, yeah. none of us were saying T.J. Watt was all. the best edge rusher in that right. class. not at all. It's, it's a testament to him and to the organization that he has become that now, and he's mm-hmm. a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. But, Motes, when was the last time we came away from a draft? De- Devin, Devin Bush, but they had to trade up to get him. No, 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 no. 
because Devin White was in that draft. I was about to say, no, no, right. hey, hey, don't, don't you say that now. You're absolutely right. Yeah. When, was, when was the last time yeah. legitimately that the Steelers came away with a player it wasn't, in the draft? But was it Jarvis maybe? Maybe. Jarvis might have been. Wasn't he like 17th? There had yeah. to be some pass rushers taken. You know what? I, I, got, the, I got the Steelers' uh, entire thing here. So let's just do recent history, right? Yeah, let's do it. Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith. No. Nope. Devin Bush, Deontay Johnson. No. Nope. Nope. Terrell Edmonds, no. Some of you, a lot no, of you guys were screaming about, and pulling your hair about, out. This, it, it is funny though, right? With uh, with Edmonds, he goes from being the third best safety in that class to being a part of like, I mean, he's technically the top two safeties in terms he's of making every snap. He's played every snap because like Derwin James, even though I think he's the best of that group, he's not healthy. He's missed two full seasons, so you can say we got the top two guys there. T.J. Watt in 2017 again. At the time, nah. nobody thought he was the best edge rusher in the class. Artie Burns, come nope. on, Bud Dupree, nope. He was a project. Shazier, maybe best off ball line. Maybe. He might Who be the only Who else was in one. that class, though, with Shea? That was 2014, correct? Give yeah. me one second here. Um, other linebackers, uh, Khalil Mack went fifth overall that year. Now he's more of an edge rusher than Anthony Barr went ninth that year. Because that was the one I was thinking about. Anthony Barr was one everybody was high on out of UCLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, and it was Khalil so was, Mack because so Khalil Mack was, was an off-ball linebacker who was yes. taken before Shea. because Khalil Mack was, was supposed to be the best guy. like yeah. edge guy and, and, and him Anthony Bar- Clowney right were the and two big Anthony Barr was the best off-ball Correct. guy and then Shea was kind of the is he going to play inside is he going to rush Correct. the passer on Correct. the outside yeah Motes it is it's it's very rare when you're a, a franchise like the Steelers that that eight and eight is a disappointing season that you that you're in this type of have we ever who else go let's look at because 2013 was 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 Jarvis okay maybe DeCastro in 2012. Okay. Best guard, best guard okay. in the class. That might be the last time. Yeah, legitimately, like 2013, right? Um, along with Jarvis Jones, uh, there was Dion Jordan, there was Ezekiel Ansah, there was Barcavius Mingo. Everybody was high on Mingo. Everyone was high on Everybody Mingo. Everybody loved Mingo. So it, it, it's it's very rare that the Steelers are in a position to do that. And I think Motsi, we can say they did that with their second round pick as well too. If you want to talk in, in the sense of traditional tight ends, mm. right? Because Kyle Pitts is not going to play like a traditional tight end in the NFL. He better not. If he does, fire the OC. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you line, if you're lining Kyle Pitts as an inline tight end, talking about block this DN, man, I'm a smacky. <laughs> uh, Mets, we got a bunch of tweets rolling in here. You want to? Absolutely. You want to get to some of these now? And yeah, let's, we'll let's do, get to some of them now because when we come back, I definitely want to get on some of this owl, owl stuff as well. And then we'll get back. to Absolutely. The draft. But yeah, okay. let, let's get these tweets real quick. And that's why I love the power grid. I know y'all always in the. Me y'all always well rocking with us. We know this. Me as well too. Let me scroll down here so we're getting these chronologically with the Ooh, conversation. Look at you using the big words. Uh, and of course, the first tweet we got was about Big Al. We'll get to that. Yeah, we definitely and, we definitely gonna talk about him. Oh, we definitely gonna talk about him. <laughs> Steelers Nation 920 says every time I hear Najee's name, I imagine having Jaw Rule shouted out in Fast and the Furious. I'm so pumped. <laughs> Yo. Najee! <laughs> that boy Fast and the Furious, he would hurt. I would hurt for him. <laughs> Sensei says, May the fourth be with you guys. I'm super hyped after hey. our draft. Ready for this season to take off with a picture of the Millennium Falcon. I love when he oh, talks like that. I love when you talk like that. Steeler Bomb 20. Now, wait a second here. Hold on. Uh-oh. Oh, we had Steeler Nation 920 and then Steel. You know what? Steeler Nation 920 Mozi. That sounds like a new one to me. I don't know if we've got it. Well, just, either way, you know, we got to drop one. Just time. in case, Bruce Willis, where you at? No. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> Steeler Bomb 2030 says. I honestly think Pat Fryermuth, looking back, might end up being the best pick in this draft. Trust me. Possibility. I'm with you. If he has 
and I don't want to say Rob because that's we always do that, right? Oh, he's baby Gronk. Like, let's compare him to the best tight end of all time. I'm doing it, <laughs> and this is my cat. I just say, well, I'm talking about when he was coming out of uh, Arizona. You know that that's what I'm referring to. But think Pat Fryermuth can have a 10, 12 year, you know, all pro, t- like like Heath Miller. You Listen, know what no, I mean? No, I was gonna say the the question isn't how good he can be. The real question is, are we gonna call him Heath or do we call him Muth? That's what I want to know. I said we call him Heath until he dominates, and then we call him whatever he wants to be called. Ah. But early on, I feel like you gotta call him Heath. What you say? <laughs> I feel like we gotta call him Muth. Heath. Muth. <laughs> It'll be like, you know, like in colleges, they do yeah. the, the chants across the state. Let's go, Mountaineers. Yeah. One side goes Heath, the other side goes Muth. <laughs> uh, Annie tweets, which Arthur was more pleased after a draft pick? Mr. Rooney after Nashi <laughs> or Mr. Moats after Penn State Pat? Listen. <laughs> she called him Penn listen, State Pat. I was going crazy. You and, and the funny thing, I was with uh, another Penn Stater. It turns to Kellen, Kellen, yeah, uh, the, right. the producer. Oh, yeah, man. Kellen, listen, you know he's. he's I, I was already, in heaven. <laughs> he's already been on DH Gate and ordered his yeah. his knockoff Pat Fryer jersey. I, I felt so just like dirty inside, going this crazy over a Penn State player. I'm like, oh, you nasty <laughs> boy. Oh, it's Pat. I love him. <laughs> Kellen was just sitting behind the glass, basking <laughs> in the glory. Uh, Steel City GF tweets us and says, great draft in my opinion. You got the best running back, the best traditional tight end. Teams are going to have to respect the RPO now, but what I'm most excited about is the punter. LOL. I can't wait to see where a 255-pound punter is running people over. You know, it's funny, Motsi. I think uh, you know Presley Harvin the third, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the seventh-round punter out of don't, Georgia don't Tech. Don't forget that third on him now. You know, he... Don't tell anybody I said this, but they might have brought him into a uh, Compete with Isaiah Bugs in training camp, <laughs> dude. He can he he can roll. I was looking at him as a quarterback competition. Have you seen the kid's arm? His fake punt skills are miraculous. I mean, his throw game, whoo, filthy. <laughs> so yeah, my. Yeah, we got a couple tweets about the punter. Uh, Michael tweets here and says, "I uh, got to think our new punter is going to beat out our old punter." Yeah, Jordan Barry going to be uh, on watch at training camp this summer. Looks like he can tackle, run trick plays, maybe even play center. <laughs> Talk about a new threat. And that's and then Richard says, uh, "You know, I wonder what was up with drafting the punter in the seventh round at that at that spot, guys. I mean, <laughs> why not, right, Motsi? Yeah." I mean, you really can't go wrong with whoever you draft. I mean, because yeah. you don't really expect anything from a seventh round. Honestly, you don't expect anything from the fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth, or seventh round picks. You bring those guys in as, okay, I like something about him, but obviously you know this is more development right here. And you also look at it as who can or which position do I need to add competition to. So you think about cornerback, right? Are they high on James Pierre, Justin Lane? Sure. But do they want to see those guys be tested a little bit in camp? Absolutely. So you bring in guys like Trey Norwood. You bring in guys like Shakur Brown. That's what you do to make sure that, hey, even though I'm confident in these younger players who aren't proven – at least now they're going to have to really, you know, make it out of the goulash right here, man. They're going to have to compete to to ultimately get that spot versus it being handed to them. And the same can be mm-hmm. said for Chooks. I like them drafting a left tackle and Dan Moore because we've seen, or, or at least Zach Banner beat out Chooks in training yeah. camp a year ago. Yep. So they all felt confident he should be the guy. All right, Chooks played well. So Chooks going to get the opportunity at left tackle now. 
But instead of just giving it to him when he hasn't done it at the NFL level, make him compete versus a true left tackle. Heck yeah. I think that the way that they drafted, it made perfect sense, especially towards the back end. Just bring in guys that are going to give you competition, guys that could, you know, beat somebody out. Presley should be able to beat out Barry, but Barry is an NFL punter for a reason. It's not his first rodeo. Mm -hmm. And But here's the good thing for the Steelers, too, right, is if you get to training camp and you think it's a 50-50 proposition between those two, then you go with Presley Harvin because he's, no, no, no. he's making half Listen, as much as Jordan we, Barry. We've already seen this before. Brad Wing. Yes. What did we do? We just traded him. That's all we do. Like, yep. if they're both really good and we you both feel like, hey, guy. man, okay, well, look, we'll trade Barry and we'll keep Presley. That's exactly what happened when it was Brad Wing and who? Jordan Barry. It was like that seventh round pick. Yeah, it was like, oh, well, all right, well, look, we'll trade Barry. I mean, we'll trade Brad Wing because obviously he's been doing it a little bit longer. We'll keep this young kid out of who knows what Western Kentucky University and we'll roll like that. But you know what, Motes? It's we important. Call, you know what we call it in the NFL? What do you call it? The circle of life. You know what I call it? What'd you call it? I call it Heath Ledger at training camp. Ah. When Mr. Rooney comes out onto the field. Yes. Looks at both of those punters. Oh, yes. Breaks a pool cue over his leg. And says we're going to have tryouts. (laughs) (laughs) But what we're also going to have is a break. But when we come back. We will be talking about a guy who was formerly wearing oh, the black and gold. Breaking off from the Steelers. Who has officially turned into the ops. Say it ain't true. Say it ain't so. I can't. But what I will say is this is Molson Euler, and this is Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> 